Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So if you're reading our gospel lesson in the ESV, you'll notice that it has a heading that says, Paying Taxes to Caesar. And if you're reading in the New King James Version, you'll see that the heading says, The Pharisees, is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar? Now, I have a different question. My question is, is this lesson really teaching us about paying taxes to Caesar? Now, Jesus did give a command. He said to pay the taxes to Caesar. Perhaps you could also say this is about stewardship. Because he said, render to God the things that are God's. Um, I would say that probably you've heard this before as a stewardship uh, lesson. Um, And it's timely. It's October. It's the end of the year, looking at the budget for the next year. Um, I imagine you've heard this as a stewardship lesson before. But is it either of those, taxes or stewardship or both or, or what? Now, if you'll indulge me for a moment, I will, would like to just play along with this notion that this is about taxes and, and uh, uh, stewardship. I'll play along with the notion that it's financial stewardship, really. Uh, Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. This means that we should, if we take it at face value, this means we should pay our taxes and tithe to the church, Right? Seems straightforward enough. Now, some people have heard that kind of a message and they recognize in that a sort of crass materialism, you know, of like tithe to the church and it's all about money. And so then there's a different approach. This more like time and talents, you know, and financial stewardship. Um, but it's still about stewardship because it's about how we give of ourselves back to God. That's what this becomes. And if you go that route, then you can sort of recover some decency. It's not about cold, hard cash. It's actually about uh, our time and our resources and what we do. By the way, obviously, I'm not against the giving of our times and our talents and our resources. That is absolutely great, and we should do it. Um, Especially when we wrap in the giving of oneself. Now I think you're getting closer to where Jesus was going here. But nevertheless, I have to ask, is the message Jesus is giving us in this text, is it really all about taxes and stewardship? And is that uh, what he's trying to get across to his immediate audience, which is the who? The Pharisees and the Herodians. If you think the answer is yes, then I have a follow-up question. What is there that belongs to Caesar that does not also belong to God? Is there anything? For that matter, take it a step further. What is there of all that you possess, including this very breath that I take right now, what is there of all that you possess that does not belong to God? This psalmist declares, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Everything is God's. Of all you possess, everything, money, house, children, spouse, 
Everything you have belongs to God. So, um, if we're looking at a looking for a law of stewardship, you know, if we're trying to make this about Jesus, Jesus teaches us about stewardship. This is the law of stewardship. If that's what we're looking for, then uh, perhaps what we need to do is sell everything, and give it to God. Now. If you do that, you'll be penniless. You'll be unable to care for those whom you have been called to care for. But at least your conscience will be clear, right? Because you kept the law and you, you sold it all and you're not responsible for that anymore. I'm not responsible, God, for that law anymore because I sold it all and gave it away. Just like Jesus taught me to do, right? But then think about the lesson that Jesus uh, gave to the uh, Pharisees when, when he said, you, you know, they accused them. They said, well, why do your disciples not observe the tradition when they don't wash their hands and they eat with defiled hands? Ha! He said, you know, why do you all violate the very commandment of God? And he was speaking about the fourth commandment, honor your father and mother, by taking a part of your wealth and your possessions and saying, this is Corbin." You know, that's the word that means this is set apart or set aside for God. Why do you do that and say, I can't help my parents because this is set aside for God? And you do it in the most pious way. But Jesus said, no, that's wrong. You're violating the commandments when you do that. So I don't think Jesus is encouraging us ever to just sell everything you have. And, and, um, and that's the law. If you're looking for law, that's the law of stewardship. Jesus did not say, he's not saying, get rid of all your possessions. Then, of course, the the other question that comes up is, well, how exactly do you give everything to God? You know, is the church the magical conduit by which, you know, your, your money comes into the church and flows heavenward directly up to God? Is that how that works? There's a problem with that, too. Churches can be bad stewards, just like you. Churches can be worse stewards sometimes. I'm sorry to say it. It doesn't bring me any joy to say that. I'm just saying a church can be a bad steward. Church can waste resources just like people waste resources. Or worse, my grandparents had a neighbor one time who had this Boy, it was quite a house on the water and it had uh, tennis courts and everything. It turns out they were embezzling from the Episcopalian church. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. All right. So that's not the right answer either uh, because there isn't a way that we just give everything away. So then what is Jesus saying exactly? Because we still haven't answered that. How do we render to God the things that are God's? That's the question. Looking for an answer to that. Jesus said, render to God the things that are God's. How do we do that? And that is the right question. That's the question we need to ask. And there is an answer. The Pharisees and the Herodians weren't looking for that answer. They weren't really asking a genuine question. The text tells us they were seeking to entrap him. They wanted to catch him in a snare. That's the, the word that's used there is, is the same thing that you would catch a rabbit in a snare. That's what they're trying to do to Jesus. 
They were simply seeking for means to catch him. So if he casually, what was the trap? Well, here's the trap. If he casually answers, yeah, sure, pay the taxes to Caesar. Ooh, well, then all of these Jews would be looking at him and saying, seriously, these evil Roman occupiers that have come here into our home and, and occupy, I thought you were the Messiah. Aren't you going to run them out of here? See, that wouldn't be a good, a popular answer for him to give. He would be seen as being sympathetic to the evil Roman Empire, the occupiers of their land. Then on the other hand, if he said, no, don't pay your taxes to Caesar. (laughs) Well, that would be trouble too because the Romans were all about law and order and part of that law and order was collecting the tax and receiving it. So um, you gotta pay, Uh, you gotta pay up. So that wouldn't have worked out well. He would have been subject to arrest. Either way, the... Uh, people who pose this question to Jesus are really, they're not looking for an answer. They're looking for how can we dispose of this person? How can we get rid of him? Our text tells us that Jesus saw their evil intention, their malice. Why put me to the test, you hypocrites? Now, the coin bore the inscription of Caesar. So Jesus says, give to Caesar what is Caesar's. But what is it that bears the inscription of God? Because he said, render to God the things that are God's. Okay, what is it that bears the inscription of God? Jesus. That's the Sunday school answer, right? The one that's going to be right like 90% of the time. So the kids can answer Jesus. If in doubt, just answer Jesus. That'll probably, no. But yes, it's Jesus. Jesus is the Messiah. And here he is standing before them and telling them, render to God the things that are God's. And in Jesus is not only the inscription of God, it is the very face of God before them. This is God incarnate. And their response is, we want to entrap him and get rid of him. And so when he says, render to God the things that are God's, what is it he was asking for? Turn your money over to God? No. It's so much more than that. It's everything. He's saying, give your affections to God. And by the way, I'm God. That's what Jesus was saying. I stand before you, the very face of God, for you to render to God What is God's means for you to look upon me and confess, this is the Christ. This is the son of God. This is the savior, the long awaited Messiah. That's what it means to render. It means to look on him and to believe. I mean, hopefully there's not a collective gasp because like for a minute, I thought I was gonna have to sell all my possessions. (laughs) Because really, yeah, the point is that would be nothing. I mean, yeah, go ahead, sell all your... I mean, really, sell it, you know, do all that. that. That's fine. The point is he's not just asking for this little thing that you can carve out of your life. He wants it all, everything, your very desire. The example that comes to me most uh, prominently is my first car when I was uh, in college. I bought a 1989 Volkswagen Jetta. It was used. I went there on the Last day of the month, March 31st, 
uh, and it was uh, snowing. So it was like optimum conditions to buy a car. So I went in and I said, this is what I can pay. And they made the deal. And it was supposedly a no-haggle kind of place, but they were like, yeah, we'll make the deal. Um, anyway, what did I do? I mean, I had the Q-tips out. And I'm like cleaning it, detailing everything. Where were my affections? They were there. They were drawn to that thing, you know, to this, to this car. But what Jesus is saying is draw your affections to God. And, and that's what he's driving at there. He wants your affections. He wants them to be properly ordered. And how do we do that? Because we know we fall short. We confess it every week. We fall short of this. So how do we do that? And the answer is that he does it for us because he reveals to us that God's great love for us is shown in that Jesus Christ came not to be served by us, but to serve us, to give his life as a ransom for your sins and for the sins of the whole world. And that is... That is the way that Jesus works in our hearts to work faith and to cause us to turn and to render to him what it is he is really looking for, which is what? It's to look at him and confess and receive, to, to, to say, Jesus, have mercy on me, a sinner, for the sake, you know, to say, God, for the sake of your son, for his blood on the cross, for his sacrificial atoning death, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. And God is gracious and merciful and abounding in steadfast love to do all of that for us. And what we do is we give thanks. That's the the work that we do. If you want to call it a work, is we give thanks. God, you've done all this for me. Not because of anything I've done for you, but because of your grace and your mercy. And God says, look on Jesus and believe the promises, the promises to gather and to redeem us and to have us, to abide in us and us in him. Trust in those promises. Receive Christ and his gifts. That, that is the service that you render to God. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.